Hey folks, it's Wednesday, June 20th, and I'm Josh Boykin, the founder of Intelligame.us. You're listening to another edition of Intelligame Radio. Hey folks, welcome back to Intelligame Radio. You're going to be hearing this on the 20th, but I'm recording it on the 19th because I'm proactive. So I just wanted to take a second to say happy Juneteenth to the folks out there who are listening. So perhaps in your head you're wondering, Josh, what's Juneteenth and why are you telling me about it here on Intelligame Radio? Well, here at IG Radio, or in the Intelligame community as a whole, we care not just about games, but also the people who play them, in the world that we play them in. And June 19th of 1865 is a significant day, particularly in black American history. So as a black American and also the host of this here radio show, I'm going to go ahead and take my prerogative to give you a little quick history lesson. Back in May of 1865, news had reached Texas that the Civil War was over and that the Confederacy surrendered. Game over, folks. Now, this also brings particular relevance to a little document that was signed a few years prior, about two and almost two and a half years prior, called the Emancipation Proclamation, which was supposed to be the legal basis of saying that black people were people, which is inherently problematic that you have to sign a document to kind of make people start acting like a certain group of people are people, but I I digress. So by the time this takes place and uh, Texas finds out the news in May of uh, 1865, they're like, well, we still got slaves. And I imagine some of them were like, well, ain't nobody going to show up here to make us stop doing this, uh, which might be why on June 18th of 1865, 2,000 Union soldiers under the command of uh, General Gordon Granger showed up at Galveston Island and promptly said, actually, folks, you're done. Now, did that declaration and those troops showing up in Texas mean that all of a sudden black folks were just treated like people and everything was perfect? Well, we can look at 2018 and see that, no, that that's not what happened. But there is still a relevance in looking at the ways that we can celebrate when actions back up the ideals that we've created. There's some relevance here in the gaming industry, particularly when we look at the number of strong female and minority protagonists in the E3 show floor. But in a wider sense, this also talks about what should be our obligation, particularly as Americans, to make sure that we're walking what we ethically talk. And given the wake of recent news, that's even more significant. So let's go ahead and dig in. When I think about communities, I think of two primary facets that make them up. One is the group of people that take part in that community. And two, the set of guidelines that set that community's actions. These guidelines are generally both explicit and implicit. There are hardline declarations of what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. 
And then there are also the more subtle ways that people's actions are steered based on the ways that they feel other people will expect them to act, the things that they personally feel that may run contrary to the explicit rule set. There are any number of ways that communities shift and move based on both these explicit and implicit guidelines. Now when we look at the story of Juneteenth, we see a community in the Confederacy that says, well, we don't have to follow the explicit guidelines of the Union because we're not part of the Union. And then they lost the Civil War. So then, they were very much part of the Union. Now, they had the explicit guideline of the Emancipation Proclamation that said, black folks are now free. They're actually, to quote uh, the declaration that was read on uh, for the emancipation in Texas, it said, the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. Also, they said they're informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and they will not be supported in idleness, either there or elsewhere. So uh, there's some condescending tone in there, in my opinion. But the point of the story is that the explicit guideline here was that black folks are equal. But the implicit guideline, both in the North and the South, and in many ways is a guideline that can be seen as perpetuated to this day, is a lack of equality. Because the implicit guidelines are not just bound by what we call our basic rules or laws. They're structured by the expectations that we have for each other and ourselves. I would say that though it is important to have explicit guidelines and statements that guide a group's conduct, it's very much about the implicit expectations, the ways that this group conducts itself and has expectations of others that really set the tone and general concepts of safety or acceptability or opportunity in the group. When we look at the gaming sphere, we can see that there's no real explicit law of what can or can't happen in a game. There's no governing body that says this is the number of marginalized people that must be in your group or in your game or in your game development studio. We don't have a body that says your story must handle this many social issues or do these kinds of things. But as we've had more discussion and more game criticism take place, as we've had our gaming audience age a bit and be able to share in discourse, we have formed more implicit expectations about what we want to see in our media and the people who create it. Much of this criticism was pushed forward by creators who were marginalized themselves, and particularly when we think about folks like Anita Sarkeesian, Lee Alexander and Laura Hudson of Offworld, Tanya DePass of I Need Diverse Games. Many of these creators have suffered harassment for the things that they've said. But 
They, as well as many other critics, have helped push this dialogue forward to a point where gamers have, now have more implicit expectations for themselves and for the gaming community. And though we can still very much take to Twitter or Facebook and see the clashes that are taking place in culture, we can still see the gaming space as a whole, what I would say is trundling slowly towards progress. Looking at the E3 show floor, we could see a number of games that had female-led protagonists. We saw a number of characters of color, many of whom were treated pretty lovingly. We've seen, over the course of the past year, reveals for games like In the Valley of the Kings, where striking amounts of detail were paid to the protagonist, who's a, a black woman, and her hair. Different ways that we have, even without an explicit guideline saying, these are the ways that we care about these people, we've implicitly set the expectation that we should. Of course, there's a ton of, of vitriol and discourse, so to speak, that'll pop up when somebody does break those, those expectations of the community. But that's how implicit guidelines work. When we look at the Me Too movement, we can see how, even without an explicit rule of law, or perhaps in spite of a broken rule of law, the implicit expectations of a community can still have wide-reaching effects. When it comes to creating change in a community, it's about more than just setting down explicit structures. I do, as I said before, believe that explicit structures are key. One, because there needs to be some sort of consistent way to set a tone for newcomers to a space. And two, because poorly structured explicit laws can function as a shield for those who would be bad actors. We can look very much at the example of the current administration and the stories that have taken place about immigrant children being separated from their families, and we can see the rhetoric that has come from this administration that said, oh, well, we're just acting on the law. We're just doing what the law says. It functions as a shield for those who would act inappropriately. And so even if the social tone and the implicit guidelines would tell somebody to act otherwise, explicit law can be a very strong motivator, motivator and justifier in society. But we also have to look at the ways that societies shape and meld based on implicit expectation. We can look right here in the United States of America and see how implicit expectations and codes of how we interact with each other, how we have discussions about reality, about politics, about how we view society, even just discussions about what we consider truth or how to regard truth. These things have shifted very much over the past, not particularly the past couple of years, but in general, in the wake of the advent of technology, of social media, all of these implicit guidelines have shifted. And we, as a society, have to learn how to keep up. So when I think about gaming communities, when I think about 
how we conduct ourselves. We have to know that there is a place for both explicit and implicit guidelines. Here in IntelliGame, we do have a code of conduct, which you can read on the IntelliGame Discord. And that is our explicit guideline that helps make sure that people not only feel protected, but have something that they can cite when they are not feeling protected, so that they know that the community will have their back. But we also set an implicit expectation that folks will be respected, that people are people, that there's equality and justice, and that we move towards making sure that people are respected and that everyone's voices can be heard. I hope that those things are understood well by the folks who are part of the IntelliGame community, like you, listening to this podcast. Was everything fixed on Juneteenth of 1865? Obviously not. But to not recognize the progress that took place on that day is to do a disservice to history. There were formerly enslaved folks who were dancing in the streets on Juneteenth of 1865 because it at least represented an opportunity. It represented a chance at forward motion, a place where the explicit guidelines came together with their implicit understandings that they were people who were deserving of an opportunity to follow their dreams and to have a better life, to take care of their families. We should both explicitly and implicitly respect and protect those who are looking to make lives better for themselves, for their families. For those, we should be looking out for those who have been underrepresented, who haven't had the opportunities to be able to benefit. And when we decide that we're going to trample those folks in the name of our own success, that, that is an inherent disservice to our own communities. This is why it's critical for us to be paying attention right now, not just to games, but also to the world around us. This is a great time to be a gamer. There are so many fantastic titles coming out, games that we can just get excited and dig into for fun, and also things that make us think and give us an opportunity to reflect. But it's also a time that we have to be keeping our eye on the ball of reality and the things that are taking place around us. There are real folks out there who need our help. There are real folks out there who need guidance, who need love, who need attention. It's, it's our part to set those implicit expectations, those implicit guidelines of love, of charity, of kindness, of goodwill, in addition to setting those explicit guidelines that should be keeping people in check. We here at IntelliGame have a code of conduct which is visible on the IntelliGame Discord. And those are our explicit guidelines. But we have implicit guidelines that say that we should treat each other well. We should respect healthy dialogue and discourse. We should not respect intolerance or hatred. And I hope that those things are well understood by those of you who take part in the IntelliGame community. And I appreciate you doing that as well. So whether it's in games, whether it's in the world around you, I hope that you're taking time to both appreciate 
the explicit and implicit guidelines that we set for ourselves and for each other, and also to celebrate the opportunities that we have for progress, because they serve not only as reminders of our past, but hopefully as opportunities to structure our future and to look out for those who may, and actually certainly do, need our protecting and our advocacy today. Last week's call to action was to give a dollar or more to a place where you hadn't given money before. So I ended up giving money to a fundraiser that I saw on Facebook. I won't go into too many details because I think it was kind of personal for the person that I donated to, but I'm glad I took that opportunity. And I hope you did as well. This week, as opposed to asking you to reach into your pocketbooks, I'm asking you to reach into your hearts and share words. To advocate for people who may not be able to advocate for themselves. I have been particularly impressed upon by watching the stories and the horror that has come from the Mexican-American border. The issues that we've had with immigrant families being torn apart, kids being kept in absolutely subpar conditions. These are things, regardless of political party, that should feel unconscionable. I hope that you'll take this as an opportunity to share maybe a Facebook status, a series of tweets, something that digs past the, the just base political rhetoric and gets into something personal, heartfelt, adds an identity and a story and a reality to the folks around you. This can feel a little personal, and I understand if you decide to sit this one out. But for those of you who feel like this is a solid call to action, I hope you'll do something about that. I hope that you'll share this opportunity with people out there who may need it. Maybe it'll give them a better understanding. Maybe it'll give us a better understanding of what our own expectations are as well. Thanks. All right, folks, that does it for another edition of Intelligame Radio. I've been your host, Josh Boykin. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook at Wallstormer. Keep an eye out for more Intelligame content by swinging over to the main homepage at Intelligame.us. And, of course, you can keep up with us on social media or on our live stream at Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Let's Intelligame. Our next live stream is actually today at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. You can tune in to our stream and watch Jenny, a.k.a. Kim Chica, play through a bit of Moonlighter. And, of course, you can swing in for your next episode of Intelligame Radio on Friday. So until then, keep Intelligaming.